Turn with me to Matthew 24 tonight. I promise I will not keep you for an hour. All right. I promise. I promise. All right. Uh, but I do have several uh, statistical things that I need to give to you tonight. I told you a little bit about them this morning, uh, but I, I, didn't, uh, I, I didn't get to them because of uh, just the content. So Matthew 24, what our subject matter is, 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 of course, being prepared for the coming of the Lord. Regardless of what anybody thinks, Jesus is coming again. All right. Regardless of what people believe, Jesus is coming again. Every promise in the book uh, has come to pass uh, in God's time. There, there are some promises that have yet to be fulfilled, and I'm anxiously anticipating them. But here's the thing. What we see developing right now in our world, if you look at our, our world in its entirety, so many things that Scripture talks about that, that 50 years ago they weren't happening, but now they are. Okay. Now, I know I was only like 10 or 11 years old 50 years ago, but, but if we look at history, and, and I'm told this, all right, uh, that um, if we look at history, the, some of these things just have not developed. Yet, But now they are developing and that tells us something. It tells us some very pertinent information from scripture that, that what Jesus said was going to happen, they, these things are intensifying to a greater degree and, and now here we are living in the age. All right, We never ever ever would have thought that we would be, uh, be in the same days as Sodom and Gomorrah and Noah. But we're there. We're there. I mean, back in, you know, 50, 60 years ago, you, you didn't hear about some of the stuff going on today, okay? And I said stuff. I need to be mindful of the little ears that are present, all right? And, and I think everybody understands and knows what I'm talking about, right? So, so that being said, these things are developing. We're in those days right now. And more and more and more those things are being pushed. And I'm not here to preach a message on that. I'm just saying it's one of those things that we will get to in the future to understand the signs of the times. Now, there are a lot of signs in Scripture. And so where we start with that, we started a few weeks ago looking at some of the signs and we'll get to more of them, but in Matthew 24, the, the interesting thing is that the disciples asked Jesus some questions. And in his answer to those questions, he gives this long discourse in Matthew 24 and giving us some very great detailed events and things that are happening right now. To Jesus, they were future. To the disciples, they were future. But yet, Jesus, I, and I believe this, by him having the knowledge that he had then knew and could see and knew what era of time that these things would develop. And I mean, tell, I, and I could be completely wrong, but hey, he was God in the flesh, right? Okay, and so did he, did he not be, was he not able to look into the heart of the Pharisees and tell what they were thinking and go ahead and reprimand them before they even spoke a word about what they were thinking? I mean, he knew their heart, right? And in knowing their heart, he could, he could stop them in their tracks. Numerous occasions, numerous events about that. Well, so let's read the passage. And I kind of got hung up this morning on, on the, the first thought, okay? And, and I got six of them, 
But the other ones will move quickly, all right? And I'm not going to rehash the first one. I'm just going to mention it. If you missed it this morning, I'm sorry. You go back and watch it later on this week, all right? But here we are. Let's read in, in Matthew 24, verse number 1. The Bible says, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. Very elaborate, beautiful building. Jesus said to them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Jesus kind of, he, he put something in their minds. Because they hadn't said anything yet. And uh, maybe they're walking out of the temple or around the temple and they're looking at it and the beauty of how it was arrayed and, and, and how it was designed and, and all of that. And the Lord just looks at it and says, you, you, sometimes people get their eyes fixated on something that is gorgeous and there's nothing wrong with that unless that takes precedence over the place of God. And so the Lord, knowing the hearts of the disciples, made the statement, Hey, you see that building? It is not one day, it is going to be thrown down, not one stone left upon another. Well, that was fulfilled in 70 A.D. Look at verse 3. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming at the end of the world? Three great questions. Watch verse 4. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. The very first thing that Jesus mentions is deception. And we talked about that this morning. We went, we're understanding the signs of the times. The signs of the times are pointing to the coming of Jesus Christ. That's why it is imperative, it is so important that each and every one of us are ready for the coming of the Lord. Be prepared in your heart. Be prepared in your heart. Do everything you can to prepare everybody you come in contact with for the coming of the Lord. I mean, we, we could run outside and start yelling, Jesus is coming, Jesus comes. Now, some people think you're Looney Tunes, but he is coming. All right. So, so the one thing, the very first thing he says, and it was on the mind of Christ, and he knew that it is, it is something that is easily, uh, people are easily persuaded and deceived very carefully, very cautiously by Satan himself and all of those who would follow Satan. People sometimes are, are easily susceptible to the lies that Satan tells. And so he says, watch out, take heed, listen to what I'm telling you. Please, he's saying, he's begging them, don't let somebody else deceive you. Why is that? We have the truth in the word of God. I don't need a man's opinion, chapter 1, verse 1, or any other chapter. What I need is God's word. What I need is the holy writ of what God says to us. And that's where I get my truth from. I don't want to be deceived. At the moment I'm deceived, I am confused. Let me ask you a question. How many confused people there are there in the world today? Yes. The majority of the cults have been started in the last 60 years. Deception. Look further with me. Verse 5. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. There's deception once again. Verse 6. And ye shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. 
For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines and pestilence, and earthquakes in divers places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Father, I pray that you bless the reading of your word tonight. Give us the help that we need. Lord, may there be an understanding of these, this portion of your word. And Lord, help us tonight in our own hearts, minds to be greater prepared for your coming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've already mentioned the, the, the first thought from the morning hour, and that is deception. So many people are deceived about salvation. They're deceived about their relationship with the Lord, their walk with God. They're deceived about holy living. Uh, they're deceived about so much, or about worship. You know, there's a lot of deception that goes on. And, and again, I don't want man's opinion. I want to I worship the almighty, all-knowing, all-powerful, only living God. I mentioned this secondly, and I've, I'm, I'm moving through this rapidly, okay, kind of quickly. The second thought was that there are false Christs. In, in the last 110 years, there have been uh, no less than 1,800 uh, men or women all across the globe that have claimed to be Christ. 1,800. Can you imagine? Now, if they existed in Christ's day, and, and they were maybe not as prominent in Christ's day, but there are some who claim to be uh, of a greater hierarchy or given themselves a divine title. The, the majority of them have come in the last 110 years. And when they give themselves that divine title, there's no merit to that. I can call myself whatever I want to call myself, but it doesn't mean there's any substance to it or there's any merit to it. I can tell you I'm the president, but that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you'll do, everybody will do exactly what you're doing. You're laughing. Say, he's lost his mind. I am the president. You just don't know what of. Huh? I can be the president of anything I want to. I can be the president of my office. Ain't nobody going to tell me what I can do in my office because I'm the president of my office. Now, I don't have any subjects. I don't have anybody under me or nobody living in my office. And I know that's, that's going way too deep, way too deep. Listen, there are many false Christs. Let, let me just remind everybody of this truth. Isaiah 45, 6 says, I am the Lord and there is none else. There's only one God. There's only one Jesus. There's only one Holy Spirit. We don't need any more. He's done it all. He's created it all, he's done it all, he's satisfied it all, and he will finish it all. I don't need anything else, I don't need anybody else. Listen, divine titles only belong only to God. Here's what happens, those who are deceptive and the false Christ, they question everything about him, they question everything we say, they question the word of God, they question his divine authority, his divine ability, his divine affection, they question his divine assurance, they question his divine anointing, they question everything about Jesus when he is the only true and living God. I don't need anybody else because I have Jesus in my heart. But Jesus said there's going to be a lot of them come. And they have. And it's increasing. Number three. Let me give you this. Number three. Wars 
and rumors of wars. Look at verse 6. He says this, you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Hmm. I cannot, I, I, I failed to do this. I failed to look at how many wars have existed since man has been on the face of the earth. We can go back in the Bible and we can see numerous wars even in the Bible, right? I mean, before Christ came to earth, there were numerous wars, hundreds of wars. We know that Israel fought against the Philistines, the Amalekites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, all of them, all the ites. They fought against all of them. There was a problem. There was a problem with the Egyptians, the Assyrians, with the Babylonians. There's always been conflict as long as man's been on the earth. But let me give you something that's more current. And here's, here, here's where I want to go with this because I'm trying to get us to understand the signs of the times. And in understanding the signs of the times means this, that there is a greater intensity now more than there ever has been. Yes, there have been skirmishes and wars and battles fought years ago. We know about the world wars. We know about Vietnam and Korea and Desert Storm and, and Afghanistan. We know about all of those and, and those are more recent. But did you know this? Because a lot of this is not on the news. I did some investigation. Right now, right now, currently, today, there are 110 armed conflicts in the world going on right now. 110. Now, most of the things we think about are, are, are like Russia and Ukraine. Now, I mean, that is a serious war. But, but there are others that are going on. Now, now, while we don't hear about a lot of them, there are some of them, and, and more, more, uh, more ac- maybe not more accurately, but maybe more intense, uh, is the fact that there are 32 of those 110 that are classified as wars. Now, Depending on how a person would classify or want to classify them, you know, I get some different reports and, and so on. But listen, as long as man is involved, there's going to be, war is inevitable. There's going to be fighting. There's going to be conflict going on. Here's the problem, though. There's a, a greater intensity now. Now, we see these 32 that are going on right now, and it has to do with the war on terror. Would you agree with me that that's a war? And it's not just uh, uh, what has been stated since 9-11. I'm talking about other nations are going through terrorist wars right now. Terrorists have come into their area. Burkino Faso, one of our missionaries, was here just a few weeks ago. Uh, Brother Jason Richel, did you know that Burkino Faso is one on the list of terrorist war going on in that nation? Well, and that, what that simply means is, I think, we need to pray for them a little more earnestly because they're in a battled-rid nation right now. And there are other missionaries that we have are located, and I'm going to give you some names of some nations here in just a second, uh, of wars that are going on. And it could be civil war going on within some nations. There, there could be drug wars. We know that Mexico is experiencing drug wars right now against the cartel. All right, is everybody with me? You understand what I'm saying? These are wars. These are battles that are going on right now. All Jesus is saying, there's wars. They're going on now. But then there's rumors of wars. How many have heard rumors of more wars taking place or coming about within the next few years? 
All right. It's, it's happening. It's, it is happening right now. It's intensifying more than ever. I've got a list. I've got a list. In, in fact, I want to say this. There, for the last 60 years, there has been the threat of nuclear war. And, and that is a very prominent threat. Well, well, between who? Well, look at all the nuclear powers. Most of the time we think it's just the United States and Russia. They have a lot more weapons than we are led to believe. But there are other nations that are developing nuclear weapons. South, I'm sorry, North Korea is one of them. Iraq is, and Iran are others uh, that are included in that nuclear war threat. I want you to look at this list. These are wars right now that are going on. Maybe you knew and maybe you didn't know. What you know about Russia and Ukraine. There's Afghanistan, Myanmar, Iraq, Burkina Faso, Colombia, Ethiopia, Mali, South Sudan, Sudan, Mexico, Syria, Palestine, Yemen, Nigeria, India, Pakistan, Somalia, Cameroon, Haiti, Uganda, Mozambique, and the Congo. All of these places, there are wars going on right now, whether it is a terrorist war or a civil war or the nation right next to them. They are in a battle right now even as we speak what was Jesus saying wars and rumors of war now one of the things he said watch this now this is interesting he said don't be troubled you know what he said look at the Bible what does it say look at the, look at the verse again he says this in verse 6 and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars see that you be not troubled in other words don't worry about it I got this under control. Well, preacher, what if it comes to the United States? Well, my personal opinion is it is coming to the United States. It's here. We're in a warfare. We may not be using our weapons, our physical you know, weapons. Uh, you know, uh, I think everybody ought to be armed. Yeah. Is that consider me dangerous? No, if I got some good sense. You know, call me armed and dangerous if you want to. That's fine. I don't care. I, I, I do. I, I uphold my Second Amendment rights. Amen. All right. So, so uh, I, we're in a war right now. I mean, last night I was studying, and all of a sudden, I'm telling you, in our neighborhood or next to our neighborhood, well, I live in a subdivision, and you wouldn't think there'd be somebody shooting, but I'm telling you, it sounded like a war zone going on. I was like. Huh. I looked out the window to make sure I didn't see any flash. Y'all with me? I didn't know whether I needed to go downstairs and and uh and, and, and start breaking out a few things. Yeah. When I was in the Philippines, they asked me, they said, Do you own guns? I said, Yeah. See, they have to go through a long process to get them there. Brother Anthony Yaman, he's got, he brought one out, one weapon out, and, and he says, what is this? You know, myself and Brother David were there, and we looked at it, and bless his heart, it was a pellet gun. Yeah, I mean, it looked real, but it was just a pellet gun. But then he had, and you, some of you uh, that bear arms, you know what I'm talking about. He had a, um, he had a oh, what was it called? I, I mean, the, I know the, the, the model number. It was a 1911. 45 caliber. It was sweet. I was trying to figure out how to, you know, help a missionary out. Anyway, I'm sorry, my own. He said, he said, how many, he said, how many guns do you own? I started counting. I was like, man, I don't even know. 
that's a good problem. If you don't know how many you own, that's a good problem. All right, now if you know exactly how many you own, maybe you need to get a few more. Amen? Amen. Hey, at least two at a time, one for the right hand, one for the left. I think that's a good thing. You know, one on each ankle. Just in case you fall or something, you need to be able to reach down and get something, you know, in the back. I think three or four on you at all times would be a great thing. You never know what might happen. I know some of y'all are laughing. Like, do you have that many? I, I do. I, I, you know, off the top of my head, I can't, I don't know, 14, 15 that, weapons that I have now. And, you know, if I, if I run out, I got a bow and arrow. I got a stick. I got a knife. I got, you know, I got a club. I got something. All right. Amen. Wars and rumors of war. Are you starting a war? I don't know. I might be after tonight. I don't know. I, I, do think, I do think we have the right to defend ourselves. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, anyway. So, so all of these nations, all of these nations right now are currently at war. Listen, Jesus said there would come. They're here. Look at this one. Look at this. The next thing he says on the list. Look with me if you would at verse number 7. For nations shall rise against nation. That's those... Uh, political warfare and different things. You know, people just say something just to be ugly. Kingdom against kingdom and so on. And, and the wars and all that. That kind of goes with verse number 6. But watch this now. In verse 7 he says, And there shall be famines. Which is the next thing. Famines. Usually, famine follows war. Usually. Right now. Right now, I'm going to give you the top 10, not, don't do it yet. I'm going to give you the top 10 countries that are experiencing famine right now. And it, saddens, it, it should sadden our heart. I hate for anybody to go hungry. I, 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 I don't go hungry. Now, Mama made me go hungry because I wouldn't eat certain things. She said, all right, you're going to bed. You ain't, you know, if you don't eat what's on the table, you go to bed. So I had poochy lips. But I never go to bed hungry, honestly. But tonight, half of the population of the world will go to bed hungry. One half. Think about how many people that is. Over 7 billion people tonight on the earth. Half of them will go to bed hungry. Hunger is one of those things that... Um, If you look at it and you, it, you study a little bit of it, there's so many factors involved. And some are attempting to blame many different things on famine. And I, read, I did read one article that said sometimes God sends famine. Sure, I agree with that. Uh, drought is the most prominent reason that there is famine. War is a, the second most prominent reason that there is famine. In 1920, a famine swept across China and 13.5 million people died in 1920. Eighteen months later, there was another famine that came to Russia. Before 1930, I know some of these statistics might bore you, but listen, before 1930, 8 million people died of starvation in Asia alone. 
India and a lot of other nations uh, uh, in Africa are experiencing food shortages, food shortages right now, every single day, right now. India and many nations in Africa, and some of them, well, I'll, be, I'll put them up on the screen here in just a second. Uh, climatologists tell us that the deserts are expanding. There are certain deserts in the world that, you know, they, they kind of held their own area. But if drought comes, those deserts begin to expand and, and increase in their size. Do we understand that part? That's just common sense. And all of these things contributes to the problem of famine. But famine is becoming a little bit more intense. Here's the top ten. Give us the top ten nations. The number one is the Democratic Republic of the Congo. They are experiencing the greatest famine right now in their history. And if you look, there's, a, the, there's similarities in the names from the wars that we mentioned on the previous slide to this. Is there a connection? Definitely. Afghanistan, Syria, Sudan, northern Ethiopia, Yemen, South Sudan, Somalia, Haiti. All of those places. There's a part, there's a part, uh, 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 Sahel. You see it there in the parentheses. S-A-H-E-L. It's an area just south of the Sahara Desert that includes Burkina Faso, Chad, Mali, and Niger. All of those areas, as we've seen in the previous slide, they're war-torn. There are wars and rumors of wars going on there. And the next thing that happens, famine. Well, what did Jesus say? He's telling us here in verse number 7, he says, there shall be famines in the land. They're here. And I know there's been some in the past. As the population increases and people begin to spread out across the globe, those famines also increase. I hope you understand that. It's intensifying. Let me give you another thing. Not only is there famines, but look what he says in the text, and pestilences. What's the pestilence? Disease. You know disease has been around for a long time. Epidemics are not new and pandemics are not new. Been around for a long, long time. 1500 to 1600, syphilis was a problem. In 1648, yellow fever became an issue. It moved to Philadelphia in 1793, Wales in 1865. Smallpox was a problem in the 18th and 19th centuries and a half a million people died. In the 20th century, polio, malaria, tuberculosis, dungy fever, Zika. Here's another one. This is going to be a hard one to pronounce. Um, chikungunya fever, AIDS. Since night, I'm sorry, since 1347, listen to this, this number will blow your mind. 147 million people have died from some kind of disease since 1347. You're going to love this next statement that I made. How many are familiar with a fellow named Henry VIII? You remember from history? Henry VIII. Now, Henry VIII has a reputation. Am I right? Does he have a reputation? And uh, was, was he a womanizer? Is that right? Okay, Henry VIII was a womanizer. Now get this, get this. In 1518, Henry VIII banned kissing. 
and introduced social distancing. Henry VIII. That's horrible. That is the last thing that I want to do is ban kissing my wife. If you were caught, he just shouted. I'm like this close to running down there and giving my wife a kiss on the cheek, but I don't. She's not looking at me to give me that. I, I, I won't embarrass her, all right? After the service, I'll give her a kiss on the cheek. The plague of black death. Oh, get this one. Have you ever heard of the plague of the black death? You know where it started? In a province called Canton, China. Just thought I'd throw that out at you. Yes, China. There are others. Spanish flu, Asian flu, Hong Kong flu. I even read a, a recent article that, that listen, 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 the bubonic plague is going to return. That one was horrible. What are you saying, preacher? You're saying we better be ready. Those pestilence diseases are coming. Let me give you this last thing. He says in verse number 7, and earthquakes in divers places. The word divers just means different. So there's earthquakes in different places. I mentioned this morning, and, and, that, and that number, I, did, I failed to look and see what the number was this afternoon. But as of this morning at about, mm, I don't know, 8 o'clock, 7.30, 8 o'clock, I looked it up. And within the last 24 hours of this morning at 7.30, 8 o'clock, there had been 33 earthquakes worldwide in 24 hours. There have been some in the United States of America. Um, yesterday in San Antonio, Texas. Colorado. Alaska. That's in America. On average, every two days there's an earthquake in America. Now, some of them are like... 2.0 on the Richter scale. We really don't feel a whole lot of it uh, unless it hits the four mark, the four and above, four and a half and above. What is that? It, the plates in the earth, there's a seismic uh, uh, moving of the plates in the earth and the crust of the earth that causes that, that rumbling and it's a, actually a shaking of the earth. That's what an earthquake is. Many of them happen in the Pacific Ocean. There's a fault line in the Pacific Ocean, and many of them happen there. And so we really don't feel them. Some of the worst ones, however, have been over in Japan that has created a tsunami. Y'all remember the tsunami a few years ago? And India, there was another major one there. More recently, the one that was like 6.2 or something like that was in uh, Pakistan. All of these places around the globe, in the, in the, uh, that means... Uh, in the world today, worldwide, there are usually about 55 earthquakes a day. Which translate to between 15 and 20,000 earthquakes per year. In 2023, there were 15,600 earthquakes. 
in America, the United States alone, I said a moment ago, every two days, that's about 177 per year. Earthquakes. And some of them, we don't even know they happen or exist or whatever. We don't feel them a whole lot. So what are you saying, preacher? Well, it seems like that Jesus said here, there'll be earthquakes in different places. Divers places. Because the disciples had asked a very simple question. When shall these things be? What's the sign of your coming? What's the sign of the end of the age? When will you come? When will these things happen? Jesus said, you look out for these things. So all I'm trying to get you to see from the text of Scripture is that if we understand the Bible, we understand the signs of the times, we look at these particular items here. And look, chapter 24 has got a lot more to it. But I wanted to kind of bring your attention to these things specifically because it is of the greatest importance that you, your family, every friend you have, everybody that you come in contact with, know if they're ready to meet Jesus or not. Because he's coming back or we're going to die one or the other. So we're going to meet Jesus one day soon. I don't know when that is, but we are going to meet him. And it is, it is of great importance that you and I are prepared for that day. So, are you ready? Are you ready? You know, I think, uh, well, verse 8 says these are... The beginning of sorrows. So what does it mean by that? If this is the beginning, if what I've given to you is the beginning, and those numbers, honestly, to me are staggering if you look at them. You know, the millions of people that have already died because of plagues and and war and uh, earthquakes. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people have died because of the earthquakes and all of that. It tells me, even though that number has already died, And that's just the beginning. What's going to happen later? It becomes more intensified. It's kind of like, it's described as like the birth pains. As a woman is giving birth to the baby. I mean, it's it's bad at the beginning, but it intensifies the closer to the moment of birth. He's saying it's intensified. I've seen it happen over the years. These things intensify. And my question is simple. Are you ready? Father, we love you so very much. We're grateful for your blessings. and Thankful, Lord, for your word and the things that Jesus said that enlighten us and help us to understand signs of the time. Lord, I, I don't know the individual hearts here this evening, but you do. Some are ready because, yes, we put our faith and trust in you, but then not ready because... Our, our heart's just not ready. Our life's just not ready. Ready to meet you. We do understand your word tells us that 
It's appointed a man once to die, and after that, the judgment. So we're all, all of us in this room are headed for a day of judgment. Lord, may we be ready, may our hearts be prepared for your soon return. Lord, help us to be mindful of those that we're around daily to share the truth of your word with them so that they too can be prepared for your coming. We thank you for what you will do and how you will move in our hearts tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Just keep our heads bowed for a moment. It is invitation time and I again.